0: this is Donna Otto and we are Modern Homemakers. It seems like this Advent I'm reading you prayers that I am so ministered to by these prayers that I'm rereading them to myself and rereading them aloud, reading to my husband. his reading them to me. My husband has a wonderful reading voice. And this prayer that Dallas Willard prayed, with his eyes closed, his head bowed, both of his hands raised forward over the audience, his students or an audience, and he would pray these words. I pray that you would have a rich life of joy and power, abundant in supernatural results, with a constant, clear vision of never-ending life in God's world before you, and the everlasting significance of your work day by day. A radiant life and a radiant death. I remember the first time I heard him do that, and I thought, wow, people talk about death like death? Like, these are students mostly, these college students, but even that, an audience of people, you, you know, life and death. We, mm, But I... I began to understand that he, he, he's the one who's known for this phrase, raining, raining, um, training for raining, training for raining. That life here on this earth was training for raining, raining, R-E-I-G-N-I-N-G, raining R-E-I-G-N-I-N-G, reigning in heaven. So radiant life and radiant death is training for reigning. And I don't usually like catchphrases like that, unless of course I created them myself. But (laughs) he had such great intentionality in everything he said and wrote. And if you've never read anything by Dallas Willard, don't be afraid of the headiness of it. He is quite a heady guy and very theologically strong. Don't be afraid of it. Well, I've been talking to you about Advent, this lovely time of the year, my certainly my oh, all-time favorite time of the year. And I have quite an interesting journey with Advent, and I, I think it's very complicated and very large. And I probably will say something nearly every time we're together this month that adds to the net effect of Advent, which I'm so, in tune with Advent waiting because mm, I'm a terrible waiter. My husband laughs at me when I say that, and he says, Yeah, but no one worse at waiting than David Otto. And sometimes I have to agree with him because he can be so impatient. But of course, I'm perfectly patient and I know what waiting looks like. Joke, joke. But my own journey with Advent began quite early in early childhood years. um, My parents, they were still married. My father was Catholic. My mother had been rather Pentecostal, and she agrees to raise the children in the church if there were children, and there were. So Roman Catholicism was how I spent my early years, my early childhood years. When I pursued my calling of teaching and encouraging young women, I found myself at a trade fair in Los Angeles. This is 35 years ago. And it was an amazing encounter with a German woman who showed me a tapered candle, a tapered, 12-inch tapered candle, and it was numbers on it, 1 to 24, and at the bottom was a baby Jesus in the creche. And I bought it. I just bought it for myself. And then I got it home, and I thought, women should have this, and I should be teaching about Advent. And in a very non-Advent world, no one was doing Advent when homemakers began doing Advent. And I do remember some, oh, will the church welcome this? Is there, but it was, I did it in such a way that it wasn't, I didn't make the emphasis about Advent, the word Advent. I made the emphasis that instead of preparing Christmas for the tree and the presents and Santa Claus, How could we prepare better for the birth of Christ? And that's really what it's about. It's about welcoming the birth. It's about taking these 40 days and saying, what is it that I can do to be prepared to celebrate the birth of Christ which changed the course of the universe? And it was the beginning, and we have sold tens of thousands of those candles. This year alone, we had 23 dozen candles delivered, and push! They were gone so fast, and hope. hopefully next year we'll have a few more of that so no one will be turned down. So I bought the candle, and then my husband made a little wood manger, and then I read a story that someone had put straw inside the manger for every good deed a small child did. And it went on, and it went on, and it went on. And for 35 years that we have been doing homemakers work, we have encouraged Advent. We have given you materials and encouragement and teachings, and we have re-offered the 2016, what amounts to the full 40 days with activities each day for family. And I hope you're taking advantage of it of that. In these days together I wanted to talk about three words that begin with the letter I. Invitation, intimacy, and iteration. And today I'd like to talk to you about that word iteration. What does that mean, iteration? Well, iteration is to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. To repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat an advent is like that this advent in my rereading the same stories the well-known stories familiar to me in the same passages in the same area of scripture uh, i started with luke chapter 1 36 and 37 very familiar gabriel one of the 12 lead characters in the christmas account comes to mary and he invites her We talked about invitation a few days ago, and gives her some very sketchy details, very sketchy details. But Gabriel, the messenger, comes from God, and he sends for Mary, a relative, who will understand her, for nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. As I looked at those two verses quietly, I felt the friendship of Jesus as he befriended Mary, love for Mary, his dear daughter and love for me, Donna, his dear daughter. I am the dear daughter of Jesus, the dear daughter of God the Father, the dear daughter of the Holy Spirit and the Trinity. Are you aware of your daughter relationship, of your son relationship with God? Don't let the repetitiveness or the familiarity of this story pass you by the new you, the daily you made new, being made perfect until we are fully matured and go home to be with him. God repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats from Genesis straight through Revelation. He repeats and he repeats. He comes and he speaks to you. He whispers words of affirmation and assurance. He brings books that are full of men and women's writings that will encourage you in your walk of Christ. He repeats, he repeats the importance of community. He repeats the importance of worship, the importance of prayer. He gives us the Lord's prayer. And some of us go to churches where the Lord's prayer is recited every week He repeats to us the importance of sacrifice and surrender. He repeats it. Oh, Someone asked me not long ago, well, when did you become a Christian? I think that was the question. When did you become a Christian? Mm, I thought I hadn't been asked that question in a long time, and and I wasn't quite sure uh, what was expected of me, but I remember pausing and saying something that I believe to be so true in my own life, in the lives of people who follow after Christ do you mean the first surrender I made? I asked in question back. And that was a kind of quizzical look. And yes. And I said, well, the first surrender was the biggest surrender when I was 17 years old. And there was kind of a shocked look on their face. And I said, but certainly God continues to repeat to me iterate to me over and over these subjects of community and worship and prayer and surrender. How many surrenders have I made? Thousands. How many have I not made? How many have I said no to? Oh, they're the ones that grieve me the most. I know the Lord's voice. I know when he speaks to me and when I don't abide in and I don't stay in his request, there's a sadness that grows up within me. Well, I grew up in a home that didn't have many memories or traditions, did not stop my Heavenly Father from reminding me of things that we could begin to do in our own family. And it's never too late to begin a tradition like caroling or lighting candles or favorite foods. Our daughter learned to believe that Christmas morning breakfast. She was sure that everybody did this on Christmas morning. They did not. Um, was crepes with sausage and apples au beurre. She was 12 years old when she said, I want to make this for breakfast. And uh, it, she was 12 years old when I began her first piece of china for Christmas china, which I began to buy her when she was 12. And I got this idea about this present for her because... She talks so often about being a missionary going to the foreign field, and I thought, you know, having fine china and fine things and beautiful crystal and all that kind of stuff, she may never have that, because if she's in the field, but Christmas dishes, you can have Christmas plates anywhere and make a special event of Christmas. So on that year, when she got her first Christmas plate, she made crepes with sausage and apples au bear. That's just really like a thin pancake with a variety of sausage link and apples that you browned in brown sugar and butter. Maybe it's a trip to your mother's house or your grandmother's house. Or maybe it's the love of things you and your husband do, like kissing under the mistletoe or putting on the Santa Claus costume. God iterates to us over and over. Familiar to us are the stories, the innkeeper's story of who is in the inn and how the inn is full. The birth, that she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth, still done today, cocooning and papooning and laying a child in his bed or laying the child in the manger and that there was no room in the inn. There are some very repeatable phrases and I want to end our time with these phrases. I am Joseph, son of son of son of Levi. And then, Joseph was royal, famous to Bethlehem that folks apparently called the town, the city of David. Being of that famous family, Joseph would have been welcome anywhere in his town. So were they really without a place to stay? three. In every culture, to give birth is a very special attention. It's a simple attention, childbirth. To turn away a descendant of David in the city of David would be an unspeakable shame to the entire village. And yet, there we hear in the scripture, there was no room for them in that inn. Mary had visited her sister Elizabeth. Isn't that story, just when you read it and you recount again, that there she was, about to be a mother by the Spirit of God, and she goes to visit her cousin, her cousin Elizabeth, who is also great with child. And when Mary, with Jesus in her womb, meets Elizabeth, Elizabeth's baby is spirited, is awakened. We read these stories over and over and over, every year. I don't miss them. Read them and look for a different story this year for you. I'm returning this year in 2021 to a change that happened to me, I'm not sure how many years ago, because of the Christmas iteration and the phrase about the Magi. They went to Herod. Herod told them where he thought they might find Jesus, but he wasn't sure. And then he said, come and tell me when you find them. And the scripture says, and they went home a different way. They did not go back to Herod. So this year, I'm going to look for a different way, a different way that God has in store for me in 2021. The iteration of the story keeps coming back and is used differently in our lives. Remember that don't be bored with reading Luke 2 and all the details. Don't be bored with the children wanting to pull all the pieces out from the crash and the manger and play with them and tell their own version of the story. It's Christmas. It's Advent. It's a time of waiting. Thank you for joining us. I am Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of repeating, repeating repeating the Christmas story.